uh, if you'll turn with me this afternoon, uh, we will, uh, like, kind of like Brother Adam, I guess, with the, the way he's been talking about doing, uh, looking at things in the book of Matthew, we're going to continue to try to look at some things related to what the Bible says about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Uh, still trust that some of these things that, that are on my mind might be a, uh, a blessing to, to each of us as we look into this. Uh, especially when you go back and put it into context, and we did this a little bit last uh, Sunday, but if you think about the fact that John the Baptist, Jesus Christ, the disciples, Philip, Paul, and all the others, the Bible says they came preaching the kingdom of God. <laughs> and so there's, there's something in there that we need to make sure we understand what it is uh, and, and realize, and, and I'm kind of like Brother Adam also, you know, he said as he looked more at Matthew 19, he said, well, it kind of comes in two parts here. And, you know, as I continue to look at this thing related to the kingdom, you say, okay, uh, you know, on one hand, you try to simplify it on one hand and say, well, the, the Bible tells us there in the book of Luke chapter 17 that the kingdom of God cometh not by observation for the kingdom of God is within you. And so we understand that, okay, that the kingdom of God is within us. Uh, so how did it get in us? Uh, and uh, and we, we, we know that that happens through the new birth. And so I want to turn over at least and grab a verse that brings that out. Then we'll go back and look, uh, begin continue to look, I guess, at some of the descriptions that the Bible has about the kingdom and realize that as we look at this kingdom, uh, we may look at another verse in there when the time comes. But you turn to Colossians uh, chapter 1. And the, uh, the Apostle Paul, in his writings, uh, talks about uh, talking about us and our walk, uh, that he wants us to walk worthy, uh, that we ought to walk like, uh, uh, like the blessings that God has blessed us with, being born of the Spirit of God. He says, uh, for this cause, talking about since he'd heard of the faith of those brethren at Colossae, verse 9 uh, of Colossians chapter 1, he says, for this cause, since the day that we heard it, <clears throat> Do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul was praying, says, since I've heard of your faith and heard of your uh, belief, he says, I don't cease to pray for you <clears throat> that you might be filled with all the knowledge of his will <laughs> and that you do that in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So, you know, having knowledge without wisdom and understanding of, of the knowledge that you have can be dangerous. And a lot of times people have knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom to know how to use the knowledge that they have. And so his prayer for them was not that they just might be filled with knowledge, but they might be filled with knowledge of his will and all, and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. So, again... Think about the think about the challenges that we face today uh, in our service to God, and, and my prayer for us as God's people here at Zion's Rest for for our families, for our church, uh, for our uh, you know the the community, or even as a whole, would be uh, that uh, that we might be blessed to to be filled with knowledge and spiritual that we might walk worthy of the Lord in all pleasing, and that we wouldn't just walk worthy, but that we would be fruitful in every good work increasing in the, in the increasing in the knowledge of God so being fruitful in good works uh, strengthened 
Uh, you think, think about the layers of this. I hadn't even got to the verse I'm trying to get to, but <laughs> uh, this is too good to skip over. Uh, that we might be uh, grow, be fruitful, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might or power, according to, the, to his glorious power, unto all patience, long-suffering, with joyfulness, I think I've, I think I have used that ver- that that before. Sometimes people, you know, they they say, "Yeah, I'm being long suffering with about this," but they're not very joyful about it. He says he wanted them to be able to be long suffering and, and uh, long suffering and uh, and patient with all joyfulness. I, uh, yes, we have young parents in the congregation. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to be long suffering and yet still be joyful and keep the big picture in mind. I know that's hard. I remember those days <laughs> uh, when you're trying to when you're trying to train them, trying to teach them, and they're not getting it a lot of times, and it's very frustrating. Uh, but God says, "I want you to walk worthy of this calling that I've given to you. Walk worthy of the Lord, all pleasing, being strengthened with might that comes from Him, according to all uh, unto all patience, long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father." which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. So who is it that made us uh, what we need to be, that word meet, uh, that we would actually uh, have the uh, things that we need to have? It's God that made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints and light. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear son? So when we think about the kingdom of, the Bible tells us there, and as we mentioned several times in Luke, uh, where it talks about uh, the fact that the kingdom of heaven is within you. It doesn't come with observation. So the low of a man say, lo, it's here, lo, it's there. Uh, and, he, and I think the reference to that was in specific was the fact, in Luke uh, was the fact that he was, he was saying, don't run, don't run to Jerusalem. <laughs> Don't run to Rome, don't run to Washington, D.C., don't run to Mecca or any of these other places that might be considered to be religious centers. Uh, he says, for that's not where the kingdom is. The kingdom's within you. Uh, and the way the kingdom was is in you is the fact that you were delivered from the power of darkness and you were translated into the kingdom of his dear son. <coughs> that happens in the new birth for us. He literally, that word translated, as I've said before, it's kind of like the old uh, transporter uh, in Star Trek, you know. It kind of picks you up from here and sits you down over there. That's what it means to be translated according to this verse of Scripture. So God has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And uh, and as we think about that, and, and part of where we'll get into, I guess, if we look at some of these verses in back in uh, Matthew 13 again, is the fact that... Uh, you know, these, these verses are giving descriptions of the kingdom. There's a lot of places here, uh, as we mentioned last week, I think, where Matthew 13, there's parables about the kingdom of heaven is like unto. The kingdom of heaven is like unto. Uh, then we get over to chapter 19 of Matthew, uh, brother, uh, <coughs> where Brother Adam said, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And then you get over into 20 and 22, and there's still these, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. And you say, 
wow, you know, there's a lot of things that it's like unto. I mean, it's like a king preparing a, a wedding. It's like a, 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 a man who has a, <clears throat> who has a vineyard and has servants. And, a, and you say, yes, it's like all of those things. And it's various descriptions of the kingdom. And here in chapter 13, we, uh, one of the things that I think he reveals to us here is the fact that the kingdom, while we think about this kingdom as being a spiritual kingdom uh, that doesn't come with observation, it's a spiritual kingdom that, uh, that Christ said, if it was of this world, then would they fight for me? There in uh, uh, John chapter 18, when he was brought before Pilate. It's a spiritual kingdom, but, doesn't, but it doesn't mean that it's not a real kingdom because spiritual things are real. We had one Sunday where we talked about that. Uh, uh, it also has a timely, uh, a timely component. It has an eternal component as well. And so uh, we, we will begin to see a little bit of that here uh, in Matthew 13. And uh, we find if we turn over to 1 Corinthians, I want to put the basis for this. Uh, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15 for just a minute without talking about the resurrection uh, here for some long period of time. But if we turn over to 1 Corinthians 15, we find a portion of Scripture there where the uh, Apostle Paul writing about the, uh, uh, writing about the, uh, the, uh, the resurrection uh, begins to talk about that, uh, and I'll grab a few verses to make it fall at least somewhat into context here, but he's talking about that if, uh, uh, if the resurrection's not real, I'll, I'll just sum it up this way. If the resurrection's not real, your faith is vain, the preaching is vain, our belief is vain, and we're still yet in our sins. And then he goes on and follows that up by talking about the fact uh, that if in verse 19, if in this life only we have co-hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. Well, we don't just have hope in this life. We've got hope. After this life, <laughs> we've got we've got a hope that's not only here and now. We've got a hope that carries on into eternity, and that's what makes this thing so exciting. Is the fact that uh, it's not just about now; it's about uh, from now on forever, as far as you can think about. And he says, uh, uh, "If this life only you have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable." But now is Christ risen from the dead? <laughs> now he's risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Uh, for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. So man, uh, through Adam, caused us to become sinners. Uh, man came along and fulfilled the law, completed all things, and suffered and died and has been resurrected. So for as in Adam all die, <clears throat> even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, I preached on those even so's at one point in time. Uh, but just to, to summarize this and say... Uh, as in uh, as in Adam, all were made alive. I'll say all that were in uh, no dead. <laughs> Let's read that right again. For as in Adam, all die. All that were in Adam died. Naturally, we're all going to die. We're all children of Adam, and we're physically going to die. And also, uh, when he fell into a state of sin, we died to the presence of God, and spiritually, in a sense, there in the garden, we all died in him. And all that are in Christ are going to be made alive. Uh, uh, the thing is, with those alls, they're not, all, they're not both the same. All that were in Adam die. All that were in Christ will be made alone. Well, who is in Christ? All those that were given to Christ by the Heavenly Father before the foundation of the world. Those are the ones that are in Christ. So he says, as far as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order. Christ the first fruits in the resurrection, uh, bodily resurrection. Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end. This is where I was headed. Then cometh the end. When he shall deliver up the kingdom of God. 
uh, you know, I think it's important for us to recognize there's going to come a time when the kingdom's going to be delivered up. Uh, that's talking, let's put this all in context. It's the resurrection. It's the second coming of Christ. It's going to be there in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Uh, when the dead, when those that are, are dead, uh, uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Those that are, uh, that are alive and remain will be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. Uh, we'll be gathered together with our Lord. Then cometh the end when he shall, deli- shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when, uh, even the Father, when he shall have put down all all rule and all authority and all power for he must reign until he hath put all his enemies under his feet and the last enemy that he that it shall be destroyed is death so uh, there's going to come a time out there in the future uh, when all the enemies all power all authority satan all the demons everything you want to put with this they're all going to be brought down one of these days and christ is going to reign uh, over all things. And when the end comes, kingdom's being delivered up. It's going to be delivered up. So uh, there's, a, there's an eternal component to the kingdom. That's what I was trying to get to. Uh, and we get to see that uh, a little bit here as we get into some of these parables because the, the parable we talked about last week, which is said to be the parable of the sower, uh, and uh, I heard somebody say yesterday, and I thought, well, <clears throat> you know, in a way, what you're saying is right, uh, but... Uh, Jesus said it was a parable of sower, so I guess it's a parable of sower, right? <laughs> uh, somebody, somebody made the comment yesterday and said, uh, said so it might be better stated. Huh, that's, a, that's a big leap to say. Don't, don't say stuff like that. Uh, but he was saying, his comment was, it's kind of like it's the parable of the souls. Well, okay, I kind of get that. <laughs> But he said it was parable sower, so it's parable sower, okay? <laughs> and uh, but what I will say is, is what I will say is this, and we went through this last Sunday, and so I'm not going to do that again today. Uh, something I thought about in, in the course between now and then, you know, so, you know, us preachers, we do this, we think about what we didn't say, right? You know, you think about this. I said I didn't say that. Uh, did I make it clear? I want to be clear. I want to be understandable. I uh, I want to be uh, so simple that you can understand it, right? Uh, and uh, so as I thought about this, in the parable of the sower. The thing is, this parable is about the kingdom. All four of these different souls and receivers are the kingdom, and I think if we gloss over that and say, oh. Well, this one over here is really not a part of the kingdom, or the, you know, and people do that with with this parable. If we realize all of these various conditions of not bringing forth fruit, because <laughs> you got really, really three of them that don't bring forth much fruit, and fourth that does, uh, and so uh, all of these are potentially parts of the kingdom. I heard uh, yesterday, we, we were down, I went down yesterday dedication uh, at the uh, a church at Zion. It was a good meeting, uh, good crowd, good, they've got a nice building. I, you know, I commend them for what they're doing down there and thank God that he's blessing them in the way that he's blessing them down there in that community and what they're doing. Uh, but somebody was telling the uh, Probably, I won't even say that. Uh, probably it was Brother Sam uh, because he's real good at mentioning, he's very good at stories and blending things in. But he made the comment yesterday, he said, two preachers were talking one time uh, because they were, uh, and said, uh, 
said, what kind of participation do you have in your church? And one of them says, ah, well, in our church, we only have about 25% participation. Said, there's only about 25 people that are in there actively working. Said, what kind of participation do you have in your church? He said, oh, said, I got 100% participation in my church. He said, really? He said, how did you do that? He said, well, 50% are working for me and 50% are working against me. He said, I got 50, 100% participation in my church. Well, when we, I, I tell the little joke to say this you know you look here at the parable of the of the sower and you've got about only about 25 percent only one out of four of them that's really bringing forth fruit some of them it's kind of falling in getting choked out by the world some of it's falling on stony ground some of it's getting stolen away even after they've hardly heard the thing and so uh, as we think about that uh, What's our, what's our multiplier? What kind of fruit are we bearing uh, here in this old world? So uh, as he goes on uh, here in the next one, he talks about, says, the par- the, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, and, and he was teaching them, the Bible says, in parables, because it was given unto them to know the mysteries. Uh, uh, so it wasn't given to everyone that was there hearing. Uh, as Brother Adam mentioned here often, I'm sure there was a group of Pharisees there that Jesus absolutely was teaching in a way so that they couldn't actually get what he was talking about. Uh, and uh, and so what? <laughs> uh, that was a, that was his discretion in how to teach, and it was given to the disciples to know the mysteries. So he said, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Uh, so the kingdom uh, here, he says, is like unto a man uh, which sowed good seed in his field. Uh, again, we get this picture of a kingdom. We've got a picture of a kingdom that says, sower went forth, sowed seed. Sometimes it brings forth fruit uh, among people because it depends on what kind of soil it falls on. Uh, we think about soil. I, I'm, I'm going to go back and say this, not to go back and re-preach all those again. But you know, uh, you think about this. We're given uh, this. We're given this uh, in earthen vessels, right? We're given this gift in earthen vessels. Could be termed as soil, I think. Uh, and so these old earthen vessels that we have, sometimes these earthen vessels are ripe and prepared to receive the seed and bring forth fruit. Sometimes they're just grown, this old earthen vessel gets grown up with a lot of weeds and a lot of thorns and a lot of bushes. Sometimes these old earthen vessels are actually hard and stony. We get people, some, and, and I'm talking about children of God. You can go through various circumstances in your life. And I'm not saying this is what you should do. I'm just saying it's what happens to people sometimes. They go through various circumstances of life and they get hard and stony. They get mad at God. They blame God for various things that have happened in their life and they get to where they're so hard and stony they can't even hardly receive, their their, their hearts get, get so hard they can't hardly receive the seed uh, as a place to bring forth any fruit. So here we've got another parable. He says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And uh, that word tares, by the way, uh, is just a, I tried to do some looking up. It just means it's a, it's a type of weed <laughs> uh, that growed over there uh, that when it first sprouted up looked a lot like wheat. Uh, and if it was allowed to continue to grow or if it grew and you actually ate of it, I guess it could actually make you sick. 
Uh, and so he talks about, says, uh, while, while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. And when the blade was sprung up, brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? And he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. Uh, and the servants said unto him, Wilt thou then uh, that we go and gather them up? Uh, do you want us to go get the tares out from the wheat? He said, uh, he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. Let both of them grow until the harvest. In the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares and bind them in bundles and burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. So he begins to teach us a parable here about uh, a man that went and sowed good seed. Uh, but while uh, men slept, uh, the enemy came along and sowed some tares in there with them, and it was recognized, hey, we got a problem. Uh, do you want us to come take the problem out now? Uh, you know, that's, you know, do you ever wonder, and this is, this is, on, this is on the big, I think uh, this particular parable is looking across the, uh, the big, almost the, the big realm of time, if you will, uh, and he goes on, he gives it to us a little bit later. I'll turn over there to that, skip down to that. Uh, because he goes on and gives a couple of more uh, uh, parables here about the, the kingdom is likened to a grain of a mustard seed. Brother Adam did so much preaching on that back several months ago. and I, Not that it was so much, but he did a depth, in-depth enough preaching about it. I don't know that I'll go into it that much uh, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, but uh, if we think about all these different parables, here in this particular parable, he's giving almost a cosmic scene of time here in the parable of wheat and tares he's giving the time from when uh god created things then suddenly you look around and there's uh there's tares among the wheat the good seed that god planted here in this old earth and uh, and people are wondering said uh, uh maybe the angels are are wondering lord you know we go over to revelation we turn over there and it says the trumpets begin to blow and there's one one angel got one trumpet and another train you know and you've got various bowls and things being poured out over there uh, but there comes a time when the trumpets are blowing last one's blown and the angels come down and they they gather up all these things and the world passes away and you say in our minds, let's, let's just be uh, think about this for a minute. In our minds, we could sit here and say, you know, why did God decide to, to let all this time pass? Couldn't he have gone and taken care of Satan immediately to the point that he fell uh, there and began to uh, uh, deceive Adam? And it, couldn't he have just gone and taken care of it then? Yeah, but that wasn't God's plan. That wasn't God's plan. God's, God's plan was uh, uh, to, uh, to send a Savior uh, and to send a Redeemer, to redeem the ones that have been lost. That was God's plan. Uh, and, but there are those that come along here and ask, can't we just go gather out the tares right now? Can't we just go rip them up? And he said, and he's using a lesson that people in that part of the world would have understood that the, the roots of the tares got mingled together with the roots of the wheat. And if they'd have gone and tried to get them uh, at that time, you'd have, you'd have gotten everything. You wouldn't have been able to tell the difference between one and the other and so forth. And I'll tell you, that's a good lesson for us today. Uh, if we think about it a lot of times, as we're sitting around here and we're trying to say, well, that one's a tare and that one's a wheat. Uh, no, we don't know what it is, my friends. 
God will sort all that out at the end of time. And God knows exactly who is His and exactly who, who is not His. Uh, and God's going to take care of it in His time, in His way. And I think that kind of sums up some of the things that we find uh, here in this parable. So he goes on and says, uh, uh, the parable... Uh, 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 another parable, he says, all these things spake Jesus, verse 34, I'm going to skip down to 34, and all these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them. He didn't speak to them in this particular instance without speaking to them in parables, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter these things uh, which have been kept which had been kept uh, secret from the foundation of the world. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. You know, if you remember, if you go back to the beginning of 13, he had cast out on the seashore there at, uh, uh, at uh, Capernaum, I believe it was. He would cast out onto the seashore to begin to teach them. Now he sent the multitudes away and he's gone into the house. Obviously, he got out of the boat somewhere along the way. And Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Christ is the one that that made that made the crop good, uh, and he did that. You know, you can say that he did that on the cross, but I think he's given a kind of a big picture view of all this. God, Son of Man's the one that uh, sowed the good seed. The field is the world. Uh, go back over there, and I've heard Brother Adam say uh, say this in a sense uh, uh, that this whole world is God's kingdom. Uh, uh, that in a sense, it, it all belongs to Him. Uh, and so you look at the beginning part of that parable, and what does it say? Uh, uh, the par- the king, uh, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man which sowed good seed in his field. Wasn't somebody else's field, it's his field. <laughs> and he sowed the, he that sowed the seed is the son of man, and the field is the world. And the good seed are the children of the kingdom. <laughs> there it is. I mean, he just keeps kind of peeling. You know, I love some of this. Sometimes when you look at some of these things, and you just like peeling the onion back. You just keep peeling the layers back, seeing a little more, seeing a little more. So the field is the world, the good seed are the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of times we get, you know, there's there's uh, heresies that have been taught over the years that God has his, his children and Satan has his children. Well, some of these things are heretical in their, in their teaching, but it does plainly teach there are those that belong to God and there are those that... Uh, whatever reason God left them right where they were in their fallen state. I'll, I'll put it that way. Here he describes it, talking about wheat and tares, and he makes it so that you can understand it. The enemy sowed them, the enemy that sowed them, let's go back to the verse above that, 38. The field is the world, the good seed of the children of the kingdom, but the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. Uh, the harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. My goodness, that's hard to understand, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, you, you get all this, you go over and you, don't you read some pictures that look just like that over in Revelation where he's going over there and the angels are, are sounding the trumpets and they're folding up the four corners of the world and they're going in and reaping all these things out. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. Therefore, the tares that are, ga- are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. Tares are going to be taken care of uh, which are the children of the wicked one, are going to be taken care at the end of this world. The Son of Man shall send forth His angels. They shall gather out of His kingdom all the things that offend and them which do iniquity. Uh, 
<clears throat> again, he says he's going to gather out of his kingdom. <laughs> all those that offend, uh, all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. <laughs> They're going to shine. You're going to get all those things out of the way. The righteous are really going to shine then. Why? Because of God and what he's done for them. Because of the righteousness of our Heavenly Father and because of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. If God's given us spiritual insight, spiritual wisdom, he says, listen to what I'm telling you. Here's how it's going to be. And so we can begin to put a lot of things related to the kingdom and the fact that the kingdom's going to be, uh, uh, he's going to deliver the kingdom up. Uh, there's a time when that's going to happen. There's going to come at the end of the world. The angels are going to come gather all these things out. And then God's children are going to shine forth like the sun. So, again, we have another picture. One picture of it, uh, of the kingdom, is how things are for us here in this old world. There's a, there's a sower going out and sowing the seed. This is not... The same seed that's being sown in the next parable uh, is talking about the word of God being sown. And then we're to, we're to receive it, hear it, uh, put it into practice in our lives, let it land on the good soil and bring forth much fruit. Uh, there's also the parable of the, of the king uh, uh, or of the man and going out and sowing in his field. And, then, and in this case, the parable's talking about the son of God uh, and it's talking about the tares and the wicked ones sowing them. At the end of this old world, he's going to gather them up and separate them. Uh, and God will be able to know who the difference is and not us, right? So uh, uh, we, don't have, we don't have to do the sorting. God's going to take care of all that. I think that's a, maybe if there's, another, if there's not another lesson that we learn out of this whole parable, maybe that's the greatest lesson for us to learn. Uh, Brother Adam, you know, he's talked a lot about, uh, you know, the, the poor in this old world and the, and the downtrodden and, the, and those that don't have the goods of this world. We can find the same thing over there. And this is not a parable, by the way, but in the story about La the Lazarus and the rich man. Uh, the La Lazarus sat at the, at the rich man's door all those years, uh, had sores and wounds and all those things. The dogs licked his wounds and so forth. Uh, that, and, and Lazarus had nothing good in this old world rich and while the rich man lived sumptuously then it goes click 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 both Lazarus and the rich man died now the rich man is in the uh, uh, depths of uh, uh, depths of hell uh, and they're saying oh just send somebody back tell my brothers uh, uh, you know all these things and and the answer was uh, if they won't hear the law and the prophets they won't hear hear if one were to rise from the dead right and so uh, Lazarus in the meantime is in Abraham's bosom He's in all the things that he never enjoyed in this old life. Uh, so, uh, my point of telling that story is, the, is what? Sometimes we get to looking at things in this, wor this world and we think, well, that old fellow there ain't worth nothing, nothing much at all. Might be one of God's children. Might be a little wheat out there that you can't separate from the tares. And so, uh, sometimes we get to try to do all the separating, uh, but it's not our job to do the separating. God's going to take care of that one of these days. What we're to do is, uh, as, again, as Brother Adam has preached over time, we're to preach the gospel. 
anybody comes through that door, uh, we preach the gospel. If we're, uh, if we're out meeting people on the street or maybe on our jobs where we work, we're preaching the gospel. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, well, you preach the gospel on your job or maybe in your daily life. You preach it by the way you act and the way you talk and the way you live. Uh, and when somebody wants to know, uh, uh, well, how, how, uh, how are things with you? And you make sure you tell them, I'm blessed, uh, brother. I am blessed because God has blessed me richly. Uh, it just gives you one more opportunity to maybe open a door, open a conversation, and let people know God has been good to me. I'll tell you, in this old world today, having some, in the world we're living in, having somebody that has a cheerful attitude and a, and a smile on their face and actually feels like their things are going good is a blessing. <laughs> There's just too many people that are so downtrodden and so aggravated and so mad in their life. And just having somebody come along with a little cheer and a little smile. And maybe you have an opportunity to tell them somewhere along the way what God has done for you. Okay, so we'll skip across because I've already mentioned a couple of the things about the, uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is also likened to a treasure hid in the field. It's also like uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a merchant man. Seeking goodly pearls. I look, those are ones I like to talk about, right? Those are beautiful stories there uh, to think about. Oh, the kingdom is so pretty. It's so wonderful. It's so rich. And for us to see that. Uh, also in verse 47, we'll use this and we'll kind of bring the comments to a close this afternoon. But he says this. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net. <laughs> oh, really? <coughs> Uh, yes, uh, not only is it like the pearl of great price, not only is it treasure hid in the field, not only is it a place where we can go uh, and and have seed sowed onto our old earthen vessels uh, and and receive it to bringing forth of uh, of much fruit. It's also like a net uh, that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. I mean, the kingdom is like gathering of every kind. Yes, it can be. <laughs> and he says, uh, uh, which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. You know, so I think part of what he's telling us, we're to cast a broad net. We're not to cast a narrow net. We're to cast a broad net here in the kingdom. You know what we're to do? We're to pull in every kind. God will sort things out in the end. <laughs> and that's basically what he tells us. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was cast into the sea and gathered of every kind. And when it was full, they drew to the shore and uh, sat down and gathered the good into vessels and cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth, sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Jesus saith unto them, Have you understood all these things? And they say to him, Yea, Lord. Uh, therefore, he, then he said unto them this, verse 52. Therefore, every scribe which is instructed unto the kingdom of heaven is likened to a man that is a householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Being Brother Adam get the, get the privilege of being like the scribes. And part of what we're to do is we're not to bring forth some new doctrine. We're not to bring forth some new teaching. Uh, but we do get to take the doctor, the, the scriptures and the, as the scribes did, and we get to bring it forth maybe in some new way. 
<laughs> we don't get to we don't get to decide there's a new doctrine, a new scripture. We don't get to make up new scriptures or something like that. But we do take this as the scribes. We get to look at it and like the householder. We get to bring forth something new to you. I hope along the way that it becomes uh, it becomes uh, so much fun. You say, I wonder what kind of new thing we're going to hear today. Uh, you know, sometimes I, I look back across my 62 years. Wow. Uh, across my 62 years, and I think about what I've heard. And, and after all these years of hearing preachers preach and hearing the scriptures expounded upon, occasionally along the way, somebody will bring forth something new. And you say, wow, that was good. I like that. Uh, and I get to take it and use it and hold, and think about it and kind of turn it around and meditate upon it. Because, and that's that's for me and Brother Adam. Hopefully we get to have a little fun uh, at our expense and at your expenses. We get to look into this old, old thing and hopefully bring forth something new to you uh, from week to week. The kingdom of heaven is likened to that. May God bless us. Uh, as we explore this kingdom, uh, you know, the king, the kingdom, the Bible says this. I, I will close with it. I will honestly close with this verse. <laughs> uh, the Bible tells us in, in the book of Luke also that the kingdom of heaven, uh, that the, the law and the prophets were until John. And since that time, the kingdom of heaven is preached and every man presseth into it. Uh, so you know what we get to do here. What we're, what I like to think I'm doing right now, over the la- and have been doing over the last few weeks, we're exploring the kingdom, and we get to kind of press into it a little bit and see where does it go, what does it, le- where does it leave, what does it mean, how do you see it, how do you enter into it, uh, how can I humble myself to enter into it like a little child? Can I do that? Can I, can, by the grace of God, have I been translated into it? Have I been, has a new birth allowed me to see it? Can I just draw nigh to it for a little while? I hope so. May God bless you is our prayer.